You, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Pui and Nick Verzellini, no call-in today. Uh, we'll hopefully catch up with, he'll be back on the show hopefully Thursday. Because we're not having a show tomorrow. Uh, but hopefully on Thursday, that's what we will do. Um, have him back on the show. Let's get it started talking volleyball. EPAC volleyball action. A battle between Class AAA 1 and 2 tonight as he- the number 2 team in the state, Hedgesville, hosts the number 1 team in the state, Musselman. Nick, it's a rematch, and we're going to see this at least, what, one to two more times? Yeah, probably. Um, But I'll say this. I think that this matchup tonight could be closer than it was earlier when the game was at Musselman because must have been pretty much dominated uh, against Hedgesville last time out. But Hedgesville's a little bit of a younger team, so now that they've seen what they have to do to beat Musselman or at least contend with Musselman tonight, um, I think it sets up for a more intriguing match than the first time around. I think Hedgesville will make some uh, adjustments to make it closer this time and also playing at home so you're gonna have your home crowd on your side should be a packed house when these two teams get together it usually is in uh, volleyball so looking forward to this match Um, we'll see if Hedgesville can make those adjustments to make it more competitive because like I said last time it was pretty much all muscleman but in terms of winning the the match I just don't know if that's really a possibility for any team in the state of West Virginia against Musselman because just their offense has so much firepower with McCoy and Howard. Uh, those two alone are two of the top players in the state, but then you add in some of their other uh, death pieces, and it's just it's a really good Musselman team, and they're just really tough to defeat. So we'll see what Hedges really can do to, to make those adjustments and make those improvements, but overall I think it's just hard to imagine – anybody knocking off this Musman team at this point and how they've been rolling this season. Yeah, it's going to be really hard to knock off a Musman team, but we'll be there tonight, 5.45 pregame, 6 p.m. JV action, then varsity set for after 7. And I believe this is our last regular season volleyball game. Yeah, because we don't have one on Thursday, so this is the uh, almost the conclusion of the season. I mean, we'll have postseason, I do believe, so that should be... Uh, fun and, and we'll get that for you but yeah things are getting down toward the end we don't have a game on thursday due to us being at the martinsburg fundraiser so yeah, the bulldog bash that is thursday um let's uh let's talk some more epac sports nick uh the region two soccer titles tonight i believe they're all at martinsburg at uh no one's at spring mills and one's at washington no, they're at Martinsburg. Oh, they are? They're being hosted at Martinsburg. Oh, that's weird. Martinsburg I just figured... hosts the region, too. That's interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought that they would be played you know, at home fields for the two teams involved, but um, that may be the case due to Martinsburg having you know the turf and one of the bigger, I guess, stadiums. That makes some sense. Um, But the Spring Mills boys are rolling right now. Washington boys uh, have battled their way to this regional championship game with some good wins. So it's a good matchup, but Spring Mills has kind of just been the the dominant team so far in the EPAC when it comes to boys soccer. Uh, They've been just rolling all year, only one loss on the season. So you got to think that they'll advance here to the state tournament. And then the girls' side, it's a pretty even matchup. Uh, These two teams met back in 2018 in this same spot, so a little bit of history there. But obviously these are completely different teams now in 2022. But uh, there's some history between those two programs. Washington has a little bit of an edge uh, record-wise this season, but 
Yeah, it's a good matchup there on the girls' side as well, so those should be two fun games tonight, and uh, we'll see how that plays out. We will see how that plays out, uh, Nick. Let's talk some hypotheticals here. High school football. It's a big week. We'll have, uh, with Martinsburg on by, we'll have that Bulldog bash on Thursday. Uh, but on Friday, we'll have Jefferson at Hedgesville, which means a lot, not only because it's a huge EPAC matchup, but uh, this could determine if if either team makes the playoffs, really. Yeah, it definitely could be the game that puts you in over maybe Hedgesville if you're Jefferson or if Hedgesville were to win, it could put you in over Jefferson. Or there's still a chance, I think, that both these teams get in. With a Hedgesville win, that would put Jefferson at 5-4. and four. They probably win next week over Washington. But you're not going to get a ton of bonus points for beating Washington while you'll get a lot more bonus points for beating Hedgesville. So um, it's definitely a big game for both of these teams. Uh, and neither of them want to lose because a potential 6-4 and four, uh, but not a whole lot of great teams that you beat if you're Jefferson in terms of the bonus wins category or bonus points category. Yes. And if you're Hedgesville, you know you don't want to fall to four and five because then the best you can do is five and five. And that probably either puts you barely in or just barely out. It's going to be very close at five and five. But six and four, you probably get in. So... You know, both these teams want to win this game to pretty much lock up a spot if you're Jefferson because you're going to win, I think, against Washington the week after that, even though that is a big rivalry game. So you can't overlook the Patriots, but just the way uh, they've struggled these last few weeks, it's hard to see them knocking off Jefferson. And then for Hedgesville, it's a must win because, like I said, at 5-5, five and five, you probably just barely missed the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so you you got to get this one over Jefferson this week for both of these teams. It's a good game, good matchup. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think, as you mentioned there, it's going to be key. And uh, we'll have to see later today. I guess we'll have to talk about it Thursday with no show tomorrow. Uh, how this last week in high school football impacts the latest SSAC rankings, which at this point in the year, they really matter. I mean, we talked about you know a few weeks back they really didn't matter a few weeks ago you kind of start looking at them but at this point you really just have one week to improve it really one week to improve where you are to set up where you're going to be placed come the playoffs come next saturday night when they actually seed the teams i believe yeah i mean this is going to determine like you said where these teams end up in the playoffs um there's quite a bit of I guess uncertainty about where these teams are going to be because this year seems to be a much more balanced year throughout the state. Uh, there's more opportunities for upsets, it seems like. And this week and next week are when you want to obviously finish the season strong and where we could see big jumps for teams. Teams like Martinsburg could still jump into that top three or four or even top two. Uh, with how things could play out this week. And teams like Parkersburg, South Huntington, Hurricane, they're looking to kind of lock up those top two to three spots. Yeah. So uh, you wouldn't normally see a two-loss team there as a one or two seed, but that could happen this year with how balanced uh, the state seems to be and the fact that those two losses for Martinsburg came out of state doesn't give you too much concerns in terms of what they'll do uh, come the state playoffs, but you obviously want to play at home like we talked about yesterday. One thing you don't have to worry about if you are at home for Martinsburg is not only travel, but weather, or even if there is bad weather, you know you're at least playing on turf, so that yeah. won't be a bad field conditions necessarily. You just have to protect the football. So if you have to go on the road to like Spring Valley or something like that, uh, you know, where there's a grass surface, depending on the school that you'd have to travel to, uh, that could play a big factor. So, especially with this team not being a run-heavy team and not really having that, you know, bell cow running back that you can go to on a consistent basis. Um, so that's kind of just an interesting thing that could affect these playoffs. But obviously, you know, we want to see as many EPAC teams get in as possible, and we want to see uh, the EPAC do well once they get in. So, uh 
you know, hopefully we can see those four repack schools like we talked about in that or with that matchup this week in Jefferson Hedgesville. Hopefully both those teams still get in. It would be, uh, I think, good for the conference and just good for the area in general. Yeah, it would be. And, you know, another big matchup that's going to be in the EPAC, not against, not two EPAC teams pitted against each other. Uh, but Bridgeport at 6-2 and two travels to Musselman at 6-2. and two. I mean, that could very well determine if Musselman's in the top 10. Yeah. Or and- what part of the top 10 they're in. Because they could easily sit at five if they get a win this week and then next week. And if they lose, they could easily sit at eight, nine, or ten. Even maybe right. even 11 if they're seven and three. Yeah, it's definitely at seven and three. I think you can get into the top ten there. But like you're saying, you know, you're probably going to be on the lower end. Um, so a win this week over Bridgeport can help Musselman move up. Uh Bridgeport's been a team that's kind of struggled the last, or not struggled, but they definitely haven't been the same team that they normally are. So I think Musselman does get the win this week. I think they're the better overall team. We saw what Princeton was able to do, you know, last week and get that upset. So I think Musselman wins it, but it's a challenge for them. It was one of their goals heading into the year was to knock off Bridgeport uh, because they know what kind of matchup that was for their program. So, um, I like Muslims' chances this week. Should be a fun game. There should be a good football game between those two schools and two of the uh, better programs in the history of the state. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Washington hosting Hampshire. Uh, Washington at 1-7, and seven, just trying to uh, finish the season strong. Uh, but Hampshire coming in at 3-5. and five. Yeah, it's hard to predict this one because a few weeks ago, I was thinking Washington was going to get at least two more wins. Uh, with the Preston and the Hampshire game on the schedule based on how, you know, Washington beat up on uh, – who was it that they defeated for their one win? I can't remember. You caught right me now. off guard here. Yeah. I can't remember. But they got that there. big win, and it was a common opponent of Hampshire's, and Hampshire won, I think, like 49 nothing. So – I was pretty impressed with Washington's scoring output. I was like, yeah, they can probably beat Hampshire. They can probably beat... Oh, Park was it Parkview? Parkview. Yes, Parkview. Parkview. How do I forget Parkview? I don't know, man. I grew up playing them. That's your area. You should should know all about Parkview. But after they got that win, you know, it looked like maybe they could knock off some of these teams that you would consider to be kind of their weaker opponents on their schedule, but just haven't been able to put anything together now i think haven't scored a touchdown in the past two games so it's just been a rough stress for washington we'll see if they can maybe get a win here to at least build some momentum heading into jefferson um you know i hope they are able to do that but it's just it's tough to see it happening with the way washington's been playing as of late just haven't really found anything to click offensively yeah, and let's move on to the final matchup involving an EPAC team out-of-state opponent as Spring Mills travels to Albert Gallatin in Pennsylvania as the Cardinals, I don't even know if you can say, can they? Can you say cling to their playoff lives? I mean, at 5-5, five and five, it's going to be tough to get in. That's saying that they win this week and beat University next week. There's still a chance, though, and I think they've already kind of taken it on as um, – yeah, you know, we're in the playoffs now is what coach Sims told us. Yeah. So, uh, if they want any shot at being the 16th seed or 15th seed, uh you got to win out and you got to win these games. I think this is a winnable game for the Spring Mills Cardinals. But like I said earlier, even uh if Spring Mills isn't a playoff team this year, a 5 and 5 record with as young as they are, and you very easily could have been seven and three with just a few plays going your way and some very close ball games. I think the Cardinals got to be excited about that and excited about the future if you're able to finish this season strong and get to five and five. Um, so, obviously, I think you'll walk away from this season and be a little bit disappointed with the fact that you were that close to being not even a playoff te- or not only a playoff team but probably a top ten team uh based on record but you'll take where you are and you know that you can build next year and come in next year hungry for more uh but again it starts this week you get to four and five and then 
see what you can do in the final week of the season against a pretty solid university team, but a team you can beat, I think, if you're playing your best football. Yeah, and if they finish the season at 5-5, five and five, that would make things pretty interesting. Uh, but when you think about it next week, they'll have to wait to figure out the playoff pairings with Martinsburg's game shifted to Saturday. Uh, that's the only Saturday game in the entire state. So especially in AAA, everybody will be waiting on them to figure out who's playing who in the playoffs. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. For more on the other side of this break, we'll talk Shepard football. Uh, we'll talk rankings here. And then also two former Martinsburg players. Get a PSAC Weekly Honor to talk about that when we come back after this two-minute break. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer and Nick hanging out with you today. No, Colin. As uh, he was in this morning doing the morning show. So uh, gave him a nice little nap today, this afternoon, as we got volleyball tonight on TV 10, 545 pregame, 6 p.m. JV action, 7 p.m. varsity action as Hedgesville hosts Musselman in a rematch for uh, Supremacy. I don't really think that's Supremacy in the EPAC because Musselman, I think, has won the regular season EPAC, right? Yeah, it's funny. Uh... I mean, it's a big matchup, obviously, between yes. these two teams. But it was funny the last time, uh, you know, Jim was on the game and he was saying how if you took, like, all the best players in the EPAC, you would win, uh, like, against any team in the state. And I was like, well, really, you can just take Musselman and win against any team in the state yeah. because Musselman has proven to be that team this year. Uh, but, yeah, the EPAC still has, like, great talent throughout the conference. Uh, Musselman just seems to have like a little bit more An edge. depth than everybody else. Uh, yeah, just but. a little edge over everyone else. Uh, but let's uh, turn our attention to football, college football, but uh, stay local with some local ties as the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference announced their Athletes of the Week yesterday, as they do every Monday. 
And uh, for the PSAC East, the Offensive Athlete of the Week, none other than Tyson Bajant. And for the Defensive Athlete of the Week, that was his fourth time, by the way, this season getting it. And on the Defensive Athlete of the Week for the PSAC East, Dwayne Grantham for the second time this year, both Martinsburg grads. Um, you know, you're looking at, at Tyson Bajant, the reigning Harlan Hill Trophy winner, does it again every week, does it every single week, basically. He could win that award almost every week. Uh, he was 29-34 for 296 yards, three touchdowns to the air. He had a touchdown on the ground. He had 31 yards on the ground, including a 28-yard run. Over to Grantham, he posted a team-high eight tackles, three of which were solo. He had two-and-a-half tackles for loss for negative 14 yards and two sacks for negative 12 yards to go along with an interception. Uh, you know, we talked to Coach McCook last night on Monday Night Mayhem, and uh, you know, he just says Dwayne Grantham is just the definition of being a great player, really. Doing it on and off the field and coming in front to do it right away. Yeah, I mean, Dwayne Grantham definitely had the talent to go D1. Just unfortunately, things didn't work out for him at, uh, at WVU. But you look at Tyson Bajan's performance, and it was his highest completion percentage of the season at 85%. 296 yards passing, three touchdowns. And it almost didn't even feel like he like did all that stuff in the yeah. game because you're just so used to seeing it from Bajan and he makes it look so easy that you know, you look down at the end of the game and you're like, "Wow, he you know, had his arguably his best game of the season against a quality opponent." I mean, he started the year with the five touchdown passes against Southern Connecticut State. That was a really good game. He had 490 yards earlier. Uh, against Cal and against Kutztown, 456. That might be the best game of the season. But either way, I mean, this was another really good performance from him. And it, it just he makes it look so easy and uh, continues to get better and better. And I think as long as he uh, doesn't, you know, turn it over, Shepard's usually in a pretty good position uh, to have success offensively. And I think it was a game that Tyson really needed because while he hasn't played bad recently and by any stretch of the imagine, he hasn't had those big passing days like he was having at the beginning of the year, and this was a really or efficient really day for him. even last year. But I don't think he needs to as much No, because the running game has just gotten so much better this year from last year. And don't get me wrong, they had a good running game last year. It's just more consistent, I would say. It's The emphasis was more on the passing last year. Yes. But, I mean, you know, looking at his numbers so far through the season, 210 for 300, 70% completion percentage, 2,563 yards, 23 touchdowns, averaging 320 a game, uh, just thrown four interceptions this season. Uh, it's a really, really good season. but And that doesn't even match what he did last year, but they're just not throwing it as much. Yeah, I mean, he might not win the Harlan Hill again this year, but he still probably could have. And he'll probably be in the conversation, I would still say, for that award because he's had a really good season. But Shepard, like you said, you know, more of an emphasis on having that balance offensively. And when the Rams get into the playoffs, that's going to be a uh, huge part of their success because there's going to be times when the passing game isn't as electric as it has been at times this season, and you're going to have to rely on the run and when teams know that you can run and pass, it makes it that much more difficult for the opposing defenses to match up with you. So Shepard, um, with its abilities from Ronnie, Ronnie Brown and also Blake Hartman really emerging as a good uh, second-tier running back, yeah. this team has the ability to win in the playoffs, win because you win playoff games with your defense and your running game, essentially. Yeah. I mean, your passing game is going to have to be there as well, but in order to win on the road or in the cold, you know, it's always good to have those two things as a uh, backup plan if the passing game just isn't working. So uh, I've been impressed with Shepard, and I think that this win was a really good one, and Dwayne Grantham on the other side, he just continues to you know, ball out every week as well for this Shepard defense. That was the big question mark heading into the year. How would this young unit play? And they've probably played better than last year's unit, I think. Yeah. And that was kind of surprising because last year had a lot of big names, a lot of veteran players, but I think these these guys have just really gelled together well. Uh, and 
have come in and they're hungry and they fly the football. I mean, last year's team had a lot of similarities defensively. They were quick. They they both got after it. But I think this defense has just taken a step up and give credit to Coach Haynes for what he's brought to the uh, defensive unit. Yeah, and, you know, to speak more. I'm sorry, not Coach Haynes, Coach uh, Klein, I believe it is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, looking at interceptions, Dwayne Grantham tied for first on the team with three, along with Clayton Batten, Devin Lynch, and Dante Harrison, each with two. Keyshawn Haley has one. Kyle Smith with one. Um, Yes, Coach Josh Klein. Wait, does Grantham have four picks? Yes, he got another one last week. Yeah, that's what it is. So it's weird who somebody like the stats are weird on here. So if you go to the stats on Shepard's website, it has for some reason I don't know if it was an away one, but uh, or the way that it's just calculated, they have it. D E W Grantham has they have him that that way for five games. So I don't know how they tabulate that. So four picks, he leads the team. Excuse me on that one, um, and uh, you know he's got what I believe five and a half tackles for loss uh, 53 total tackles to lead the think I'm trying to calculate these up because they're out of order a little bit there Uh, but I mean that's just that's a heck of a season for a guy just transitioning from Juco to D2 yeah he's a really good player and you know Shepard's happy to have him uh, on that defense and the way he stepped in him and Devin Lynch yeah. uh, in a linebacking core that you know lost guys like Chris Lane and Frankie Stevens from a year ago uh, that were really solid players. Lane was a great player for Shepard. Yeah. Um, to lose them and to have those two guys pretty much not even miss a beat there on the uh, in the linebacking core um, with their ability to do a lot of different things, whether it be rush the passer, drop back in coverage. I think their coverage skills at linebacker are really improved and that's why the defense has been so good i think this year so shepherd's got a got a good team and you know they're the best team i think in region one we'll see what they're able to do when those rankings come out uh, next week yeah and uh looking at the afca coaches poll for yesterday they stay at third the top three really the top 10 stays the same uh looking at it a lot of the movement coming within the uh 25 to 10 to 11 range um and then the d2football.com poll i don't know what the d2football.com people have against shepherd but they have them ranked sixth really still it's been like three weeks that's surprising but they have i don't i don't get it i really don't get it i the only thing that i could think is that because shepherd just mows through the PSAC, really minus you know three or four games yeah. So a good and portion of their schedule, they just mow through. Depending on, a lot of people do consider Region 1 to be the weakest region. Um, but I still think when you watch Shepard play and you look at their numbers and and just the guys they have on that team, they're, they're a top five team in the, in the country without a doubt. And I think three is a fine place to put them if you wanted to put them a little bit lower than that, maybe four or five. But six seems a little too low to me. But again, like we said, next week will really matter because you want to know where you're ranked in the yeah. region. And then once you're one of the top teams, if not the top team in the region, and you're able to make it to those semifinals, then they re-rank everybody. Uh, and you'll probably have to go on the road if you're Shepard for the semifinal clash. But, um, you know, stay undefeated, do what you can do, beat the teams on your schedule, and you'll be fine if you're Shepard. Yeah, you will be fine if you can beat the teams on your schedule. Uh, Nick, let's turn over to the Mountaineers. Let's hear today's Mountaineer report from the Mountaineer Sports Network. A Mountaineer kicker gets honored by the Big 12. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. And for every dollar you spend, you earn fuel points, which can add up to $1 per gallon off at the pump for the win. Plus, save every day on groceries and get personalized digital coupons for the win. The Kroger Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at Kroger.com and start saving. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. 
At Kroger, we believe local produce shouldn't be hard to find. That's why we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring the fresh produce you love to our stores. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Mountaineer football team continuing to prepare today for Saturday's game against the Horned Frogs of TCU. The Mountaineers learned yesterday that their game next week at Iowa State will be televised by ESPN Plus and will kick off at 3.30 Eastern time. Also from the Big 12 on Monday, the weekly Players of the Week, and it's got a little bit of a West Virginia connection. Oliver Straw, the true freshman punter Australia, was named the Special Teams Player of the Week. Baron Morton, the quarterback from Texas Tech who had his way with West Virginia, was named the Newcomer of the Week, and a pair of Oklahoma State Cowboys were honored. Their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, was named the Offensive Player of the Week, and on the Defensive Player of the Week side, it was Oklahoma State's Jason Taylor. Congratulations going out to WVU women's soccer player A.J. Rodriguez. She has been named the school's Athlete of the Week. She scored a couple of goals as West Virginia defeated Oklahoma on Sunday. Meanwhile, the women's soccer team will close up its regular season of competition. That's this coming Thursday night when they take on Kansas State at Dick Delesque Soccer Stadium. The Mountaineer men's basketball team getting ready for its preseason day against Bowling Green. That will take place on Friday night inside the Coliseum. The tip-off is set to go at 7 p.m. And first-year women's basketball coach Dawn Plitzel-White will debut her team coming up this Sunday as West Virginia will entertain Fairmont State inside the Coliseum. That game tips off at 2 p.m. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Lee field thanks tony uh mountaineers really need to uh turn some things around nick and i know colin's not here to talk about his beloved mountaineers uh but it's going to be a tough one this saturday for him yeah it will be against uh ranked tcu so i don't know how wvu is gonna play this week but you don't expect things to go too well like we said yesterday on the show though texas tech uh, is a better team than their record shows, but still, I don't think you should have lost by 38 like they did on Saturday. So, this week, tough game for the Mountaineers, tough game for Coach Brown, and we'll see kind of where this team's able to do this week. Maybe they can bounce back and at least play more competitive, but it's it's definitely tough if you're a Mountaineer fan and where do you go with this program from here on out because like Dylan brought up a very good point you know Coach Brown still has a very uh large buyout large buyout and a lot of money due so I don't know what they're going to do with that with the situation there they might just have to play things out with him because like you don't want to really you know you're not one of those power universities where you can just Dump it. Get rid of a coach and yeah. be fine financially. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. Looking at the line right now, TCU favored by 7.5. The over-under set at 69. That game at noon on Saturday from Millen Puskar Stadium in Morgantown. You can catch it, all the action uh, right here on Talk Rated WRNR from the Mountaineer Sports Network pregame coverage beginning at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Arsini's Home Store. Not just a blind store any longer. Cabinets and designer beddings. Outdoor living. It is family owned and operated in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsinis.com for more. Uh, on the other side of this break, uh, we will we'll talk uh, Monday Night Football from last night. A lot of things happened. Uh, Mac Jones benched. Uh, we'll talk some other moves in the NFL after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Swinging to me, I was so alive, never been more free. Fired up my daddy's lighter and we sang 
Hi, I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com into a new career you'll love with WVU Medicine. On Thursday, October 20th, WVU Medicine is hosting a hiring event 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Health Sciences Center on the Berkeley Medical Center campus in Martinsburg. Speak to recruiters and hiring managers about opportunities in patient access, radiology, nursing, and more. To RSVP, check us out on LinkedIn or our Facebook page at WVU Medicine, Berkeley, and Jefferson Medical Centers. We hope to see you there. Come out and support the Martinsburg High School football team, cheerleaders, velocity dance team, and marching band. Thursday, October 27th from 5 until 8 p.m. at Coburn Field at David M. Walker Stadium for the Martinsburg Bulldog Bash. There will be door prizes and giveaways during the event, as well as performances by the Bulldog Band, MHS cheerleaders, and the velocity dance team. Can't make it to the event? That's okay, because we'll have live coverage on TV10 and WRNR-TV on YouTube. For more information, contact Randy Brown at 304-616-0605. It's the excitement of NCAA Division II TV 10 featuring the Shepherd University Rams. He'll throw it. It's intercepted by Harrison. Dante Harrison is Mr. Touchdown on defense. Join us this Saturday, October 29th, for a Halloween weekend clash as the 3 and 5 Bloomsburg Huskies travel to Shepherdstown to face their worst nightmare. The undefeated Shepherd University Rams kickoff is set for noon with pregame coverage beginning at 1130 right here on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. Spencer and Nick hanging out with you today. Uh, talk Monday night football from last night. Not really what anybody expected, I, I feel like, last night. Um, I, w- I believe you would agree with me, Nick. It was a 33-14 to victory for the Patriots. Or, excuse me, for the Bears over the Patriots. Uh, Mac Jones returned, but he didn't last very long. The, there was an in-game quarterback switch by Bill Belichick. Bring back Bailey Zappi. He went 14-22, 185 yards and one touchdown. Uh, but Justin Fields on the ground, 14 carries, 82 yards, and a score was really the emphasis of the night. Yeah, it was definitely a weird game uh, for the Patriots and the Bears because I think I expected the Patriots to win, but I wasn't sure you know, how many points would be scored. I was expecting a low-scoring win for New England. Uh, and the benching of Mac Jones, and then Zappy didn't really look that great in that second half. He ended up throwing two picks and also fumbled in the ball game. So, you know, now they have a quarterback controversy in New England, but neither guy has exactly separated themselves. I think both have had moments where you like what you've seen from Mac Jones and from uh, Bailey Zappy, but they haven't had those consistent moments of really like this is our guy so coach Belichick is in a very interesting situation there but I think on the other side there's a lot of positives if you're a Bears fan or just a fan of Justin Fields a young quarterback who's struggled so far in his career but seems like he's starting to come into his own these last couple of weeks uh, and maybe figuring some things out so that's a positive but the Patriots quarterback situation is definitely intriguing moving forward uh, because they're both very young. Yeah. Uh, one's in his second year and one's a rookie. So there is some potential there, but you know, how do you manage those two teams, those two guys? And supposedly it was an injury situation with Mac Jones, I think is what they're saying now. But So here, I've got exactly. Bill Belichick's, for about a minute of Bill Belichick's presser from last night. Let's play it. I believe he told ESPN that the intention was to play both quarterbacks in this game. Was that because of Mac Jones' health? Yeah, that was a factor, yes. Stacey, Bill, 
Who is the starting quarterback? Yeah, we just finished the game. Shying away from that question. So when Mac came out of the game, Bill, was that a medical decision, the timing of the no. pulling him? So was that related to the, the interception that was his no. last play tonight? No, we, we had planned to play. Uh, I told the quarterbacks that we were going we to play both of them. So we did. And so was the plan for three series. It just seems when his last play is an interception, it looks like a, a benching for performance. That's not what it was, but you, you know, can write whatever you want to write. That's not what it was. <laughs> I love Bill Bellis. I had to play that because I, I wanted to hear what he said because you never know what he's going to say in a press conference. How, how many, much? The, how, that's that. how, how much he'll speak about something. How many words he'll actually speak about it. That's kind of what I was going along the lines of. But uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't uh, say whose quarterback is. Kind of interesting. Well, you really don't know. I mean, you yeah. bench Mac Jones. I don't. I don't know if it was injury related or not. But it. It definitely, like the reporter said, you know, if you take a guy out after an interception, it unless there is an looks injury, different. It looks different. It makes it, it look like it, he's getting yeah, benched, benched because he's not playing well enough. Um, but then, like, Zappi looked really good to start, and then he kind of struggled. So where do you really go if you're the Patriots? Um, I think I'd probably go with Zappi because I feel like he yeah. brings a little bit more to their offense. And you, you would hold on to Mac Jones in case of an injury or something like that. But I just think he brings a little bit more of a dynamic there. Yeah. We'll see what the Patriots end up doing. Um, I don't think you – there's not a big enough difference between their play styles where you'd want to use both of them in any really no situations. So That's why I thought it was odd last night. Why would you – yeah, why would you say, hey, we're going to play both guys? I don't think that's true. I think it was – they got down. They felt like Zappi had played pretty well, and I think it was a bench and injury to performance. I think it could have in a way had to do with his injury, but very limited. Like, I think – Mac Jones is coming back from an injury still limits him a little bit right. because of the timetable and coming back. So uh, I don't necessarily think it because it was hurt. I just think he's not a hundred, a hundred percent yet. I think he's trying to work his way back. And that's why that was part of the reasoning was he's not a hundred percent yet, but we think he, we can use him to help win a ball game. Right. And then maybe they didn't like what they saw early yeah. in the game. So they, so Bill Belichick felt like Zappy gave them the best chance to win last night, but it's definitely a weird situation there with the Patriots, and I I don't know what the the future holds for them in terms of you know finding that guy that can take over for Brady or even just a guy that can be consistent. Consistent, yeah. But also they don't have much offensively around those quarterbacks no. I and mean, you have a good young running back in robert or stevenson i think has a bright future in the league yeah to build around him you have a decent offensive line but wide receivers i mean you're throwing to jacoby myers and Devonte parker it's like i not... said last night or you remember me saying this on monday night mayhem i'm like who are those guys exactly like really who are they uh but uh it's what been four days since christian mccaffrey five days since christian mccaffrey went to the 49ers we got another running back on the move uh this time the jets have acquired running back james robinson in a trade with the jaguars the jets will send a 2023 conditional sixth round pick to the jaguars which becomes a fifth rounder if robinson rushes for 600 plus yards this season He's already at 340. Uh, this is because uh, the Jets lost standout rookie Brees Hall to a season-ending knee injury on Sunday. So a quick, uh, we think we're in contention. We're going to try to make a trade, and that's what the Jets did. Yeah, I like this move for the Jets. One, you give up a sixth or fifth round pick, so probably not probably something that's going to hurt you. Um is it over 600 yards for the Jets? That, See, that makes I don't, more sense. That was what I would be interested in because he's. It, but the article says he's already at 340. So I'm thinking it's 600 yards on the season at yeah, well, all. Then he'll get that unless he gets injured. Yeah. Um, so you gave up a fifth round pick for a pretty productive running back that the Jaguars were kind of phasing out of their offense because they like what they've seen from the young ETN. guy, Travis Etienne. And you keep that kind of running back one-two punch that you have with Michael Carter along with James Robinson now. So 
Uh, I like that move for the Jets. The Jets are playing great football. Their defense has been really good. Uh, they have a fun, young, exciting team, but they also have some issues there because Elijah Moore wants out for whatever reason as a young wide receiver there that could be on the move. But I like the move. You pick up a guy, a veteran, who has been a very productive player in this league, still has a bright future too. He's not very old. I think this is only like his fourth year in the league. Yeah. So, uh, And not a whole lot of money on that contract either because I believe he was an undrafted free agent. So, you know, James Robinson adds to your backfield. It's a good move for the Gents and uh, for the Jaguars. They pick up a draft pick for a guy that they were kind of not going to use a whole lot throughout throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see how much Robinson can help the Jets here, Who, which is weird to say the Jets are in contention. Yeah, I don't think they're like in Super Bowl contention. No, but, but they're, I think they're in contention card. for a playoff spot. I think legitimately they could make the playoffs this year if they can continue. But Brees Hall was such a dynamic rookie that uh, we'll have to see how James Robinson can fill those shoes. Yeah, I thought Hall was looking great for the Jets. He really seemed to bring a good spark to their football team. So either way, it's disappointing that you lost him, but James Robinson can certainly be uh, suitable in that role. And uh, before we hit the break, some good positive injury news for the Commanders. Did you see this, Nick? I did not. Chase Young, more than likely, to return to practice on Wednesday. They will thus be opening his 21-day window off of the uh, physically unable to perform list. This is a good, this is a good sign for uh, for the commanders because it just seems like they've been missing the dynamicness coming off the edge. Yeah, I mean, Chase Young is a guy with a ton of talent, just hasn't quite shown all of it. I think he had a really solid rookie year, but... Only, I believe, had seven and a half sacks, so it might have been a tad bit overrated how well he played that rookie year. But I do think there is a ton of talent there based on what we saw from him at Ohio State. And then last year was kind of a down year before he got injured, so there's hope that he can return more toward his rookie year and the talent that we see there in Chase Young. And I think he definitely has the ability to do that, and he's an upgrade over what you currently have uh, coming off the edge. So. Yeah. Hopefully he can get back and play at a higher level for Washington because he's a talented player. Yeah, he is a very talented player. Unlikely to play Sunday against the Colts, but that's because he doesn't have the conditioning, obviously, uh, to play right away, which who does coming off of an injury Gus not Edwards. being able to run? I mean, yeah, but he, I don't know. It's, he he did take take like two weeks of practice before he exactly was back. exactly all right that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford Camp Parsons Ford in Martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more on the other side of this break we'll wrap up this edition of the sports mix talk some caps and wizards caps get a big win last night wizards in action tonight that's what we'll do when we return on today's edition of the sports mix back in two minutes. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be this football season. Join us Fridays for Martinsburg Bulldog games, Saturdays for Shepherd Rams and WVU games, and every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday nights for the NFL primetime games. We still have steak night every Wednesday, shrimp nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. So come on in and enjoy the Palace Lounge. We're located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. 
Jambo Construction and Fencing Company, LLC, is a veteran-owned and operated company right here in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia that specializes in decks, fencing, and hardscaping. Find us on Facebook at Jambo Construction and Fencing to see more of the projects we've completed. For a free estimate, you can call Bo Bartley at 304-268-5452 or Jamie Gall at 304-279-5053. We are licensed and insured in the state of West Virginia, and as Martinsburg alums, we say, go Bulldogs. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV. 10 brought to you part of the Mayor's Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer and Nick hanging out with you today as we get ready to wrap things up. We'll talk caps. They got a big 6-3 win last night over the Devils as uh, what four, I think six total guys scored in the game for the caps. Nick Dowd. Uh, Garnett Hathaway, Connor Sherry, Nick Jensen, and uh, this one from Alex Ovechkin. Back along the near side, Oshie blue line Carlson. 30 to go on the man advantage. Second of the night for Washington. Carlson feeds Ovechkin. He scores! Alex Ovechkin on the power play. Picks up goal number 783. And the Capitals lead in New Jersey. One. They picked up the victory. There are now three and three on the season. Uh, they go to take on the Dallas, or excuse me, four and three, I think, on the season. Uh, they go to take on the Dallas Stars on Thursday. Puck drop eight thirty. Pre-game coverage we'll have for you on Talk Radio WRNR at eight fifteen. Because Nick, the Ravens play on Thursday night football. I was going to say uh, we don't can't we Thursday night football. We can't air it. It's accurate. The Ravens do play. We can't air it because the Ravens play and there's affiliate in Hagerstown. That's why we can't play it. But uh, the Capitals look to uh, kind of be getting back on track. Ovechkin 19 away from becoming the second all-time uh, leader or second all-time second all-time in goals scored uh, as he's at 783 needs seven or 802, I believe, to get that marker 803. Uh, but the Wizards they're back in action tonight. We'll have that game for you 6:45 pregame, 7 p.m. tip-off. From the Wizards Radio Network, Dave Johnson on the call against the Pistons, Nick. Uh, the Wizards have started off the season pretty well, 2-1. and one. Yeah, and their one loss was in overtime. So, have been uh, competitive to start this season. Detroit, a young team, should provide a good challenge, I think, for Washington at 1-2. and two, uh, The Pistons are sitting at um, their one win coming against the Orlando Magic. So, they're a fun team to watch, but... I think Washington gets this win tonight against the young Detroit Pistons. Yeah, and uh, you can tune into that again. It's a 6.45 pregame, 7 p.m. tip-off between the Pistons and the Wizards. Dave Johnson will be on the call for the Wizards Radio Network. That'll do it for today's edition of the Sports Mix. Should be able to tune in to the Neil Brown Press Conference Show momentarily on Talk Rated WRNR. And then tonight, 5.45 pregame. Uh, 6 p.m. action for JV and varsity set for after 7. Uh, it's a big EPAC volleyball matchup between Musselman and Hedgesville headed your way on TV 10 WRNR TV on YouTube. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer DeVries saying so long. We'll not have a show tomorrow to the political forum. We'll be back on Thursday for another edition of the Sports Mix. Sports Mix.